How's it going, fellow marketers? Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast, presented by themarketinghelp.co, your number one resource for proactively advancing your marketing career. Quick thank you to our premium sponsor, LinkedIn Learning. Uh, all you need to do is go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning, and there you'll find videos and courses that we've curated for you that focus on the marketing skills that matter. Uh, if you're looking to upskill, level up, whatever it is, uh, go to that link, themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning, and get started. Now, today's episode, we've got a great guest for you. Uh, he's a sales business development inbound marketing professional, and he's focused on the startup and, and tech space. And his name is Tyler Warball. And Tyler currently runs uh, sales and business development for an education tech startup called Yellow Dig. And Yellow Dig doing a lot of great things. Definitely check them out. And uh, Tyler's managing a small team to execute you know, various programs, growth initiatives, uh, developing partnerships. And he's doing that through a little bit of account-based marketing and inbound marketing. So he definitely has seen uh, how the marketing and sales functions uh, work successfully together. Now, Tyler's going to share two valuable perspectives with us today. The first one's going to be an insight to his career path. Where did he start? How did he traverse his marketing career mountain so far? But more importantly, why he enjoys his specific path, which is focused on the startup and tech scene, and what he enjoys about that so much. But but actually, what he shares might be really relevant to what you're thinking with your specific marketing career. So definitely listen to that. The second part is going to be focusing on a peek into the day in a life and what it's like in a business development inside, outside sales roles, uh, but more importantly, a role that interacts cross-functionally with other teams. So if you're working in a, a team, whether at an agency or in-house that works cross-functionally, Tyler's got some great tips for you today. So Definitely make sure to check out the show notes. Got some other great links to some great resources. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Tyler. All right, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Joined today by Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the episode. Thanks so much, Eric. All right. So really excited to have you on this episode. As you know, uh, we're looking to dig deeper into a couple of things when it comes to your marketing career. And mm -hmm. I love your background. I love kind of where you've been and where you've gone. You've taken a lot of good risks. So I'd love to start this conversation just letting you tell us about your career path. So maybe start us from, from university through where you are now and what were the different types of roles that you you fell into and maybe give some context onto why you picked those those positions. Sure. Yeah, happy to be here and, and share a bit of my story. So um, I guess I'll start uh, back in around uh, 2012 would have been my first co-op uh, with uh, uh, a small agency in New York City. I was a Drexel uh, alum, or I am a Drexel alum. I, I, got, I did my undergrad uh, there as well as my MBA work in a concentrated program. For anyone that's familiar with Drexel, a lot of students have three of those co-ops. Well, I had one. And, um, you know, from... From my time as a kid, you know, being infatuated with a lot of sportswear brands and, um, you know, then on to watching shows like Mad Men, you know, the idea of an agency was really attractive to me. Um, and uh, that kind of like sexy marketing that you see on TV was the kind of marketing I thought that I wanted to do. So uh, started with this, uh, it was a startup in and of itself, uh, 
And uh, we did a lot of event marketing, uh, activating for large brands like Nike, um, Beats by Dre, the Jordan brand. And I was really exposed to all that it takes to market um, you know, a Fortune 50 brand uh, globally. And um, came back to school and with that experience, thought that that was, that was it. I was, uh, the agency life was for agency. me. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, sounds like you had good brands to work on. That's almost like the dream scenario when working in, I guess, for any co-op, but anybody who's wanting to go the agency route. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I found the co-op on my own. It wasn't through, through the Drexel system. And um, I think that that paid a lot of dividends in that I saw an opportunity to take a risk early on uh, that, that paid off. I think that encouraged me to take more, more of those kinds of risks later in my career. Okay, so agency co-op, and then when that completes, then what? So uh, final two years at Drexel, and uh, actually had a job offer from from that company. Oh, nice! And uh, my two B boss left. Huh. So um, you know, it, it was with conversations with mentors that that I was fortunate to to build through Drexel that. Um, you know, that started to ask me, well, what did you like about that experience? And I just kept pointing to brands, um, to the, the image and not so much the things that I was doing. Um, and in reflecting, I really identified that the startup aspect of it was something that I could distill and then, you know, uh, identify an opportunity similar, uh, whether it was here in Philly, uh, which is where I am based, where, uh, I'm, you know, we're speaking from today, but, uh, but that, that led me to applying at Curalate, which was where uh, I went next right after graduating. Nice. And I th- if memory serves, Curalate was one of, one of the hottest startups in, in the Philly area at the time. Uh, and and it sounds like the, the kind of the, the grit and drive that you picked up from that agency experience led you to the startup path, right? So go agency, then you went startup. And what was it like when you stepped into Curalate? I guess, you know, did it, did it, meet the expectations? Was it as sexy as you thought it would be? It's, it's interesting as um, leading into that experience, I, I, my role, I was in sales development. At the time that was nested within the larger marketing organization and it was a company of about 50. So um, my prior experience, we had about 25 employees in one office, Curalate, uh, two offices. Um, you know, what, what, I didn't necessarily expect to find was passion in, in building something in technology. I, again, I thought, well, this will be an opportunity to market with a startup. Curly um, was the first to uh, come to market with shoppable Instagram. And um, they have a very interesting value prop, but they worked with a lot of the same brands. So I thought this, the, the attractive bit was going to be that opportunity to work with the brands. And I, I found that I really fell in love with the business model, um, you know, building software as a service and, and selling technology then became um, the sexy bit for me. Got it. So, so I guess for those listening, looking to start their career, or maybe they're in an agency and maybe they're not really into it. Sounds like the value that you pulled from working agency first was that you were able to speak to the fact that you worked on such big brands that open doors for, I'm assuming Curalate, maybe they told you, maybe they didn't. Did they ever mention that your experience in that co-op was, you know, one of the reasons or, or one of the, the value props of, of bringing you on just because you had exposure to those kinds of brands? Uh, I, I think the brands uh, 
perhaps influenced it. I think for anyone who is in a position to take an internship or a co-op, simply having those experiences on your resume helps for, for startups. They often don't have the budget to hire somebody who already has three years of experience. So I think showing that I was able to do some of that while in school, um, with some of the brands um, that I would have an opportunity to then work with. I think that that influenced it. Yep. Nice. So you're at Curalade for what, a couple of years. It sounds like you said sales development role. So in your mind, were you thinking like, Hey, I, I wanted to go this, this madman route agency. Uh, now I'm in a sales development role. Did it feel different? Did it feel like you were, you know, not as close to the quote unquote marketing roles that you were thinking of, or I guess, what were you liking about, you know, being in that sales development capacity? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, for some people, when they hear sales, they have a specific connotation. Um, and, and especially in conversations with marketers or even thinking about myself at that time, truly thinking of myself as a marketer and trying to round out those skills, I can't will be an opportunity to then further interface with the marketing team. And to slowly, you know, pick up more of the skills uh, that the inbound team, you know, were, uh, were, were using that I could then apply and then hopefully grow from that. And, um, you know, the, the act of qualifying an inbound lead, uh, you know, versus outbounding, those skills that I picked up and actually reaching out on my own mm-hmm. made it much um, easier for me to then transition when I was given opportunities later in my career to then manage other aspects of the funnel. Got it. So, so yeah. I, yeah I, I, so, I, go ahead. I was going to say, so um, the curated experience, you know, like you said, connotations on, on a sales position may not be of interest to marketers, but it sounds like, listen, hey, if you want to be a great marketer, having some ex- exposure to sales is not a bad thing, especially if you're working with the inbound team learning about lead nurturing, because that has to be a key part of what you were doing. And then after Curalade, tell us how, you know, how did that influence the next decision you made in, in your next position? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, again, as I, I thought kind of leading into the time I spent at Curalate that I would leave the selling aspect and focus more on the actual you know, lead strategy, nurturing, and some of those things. And for anyone who's thinking about getting into a career in, in, in anything on the go-to-market side of a business, whether it's supporting clients, the marketing strategy, I think sales development um, is the best place to get started because you pick up a lot of those raw um, soft skills, the things that you need to learn um, in interacting with, with leads. I was in a management position there and I didn't really have an opportunity to be a true individual contributor at Curalate. Um, as the organization evolved, I continued to take in on more management responsibility, but I was looking for an opportunity to go and prove that now that I was confident in myself as a seller and I started to really transition at that point in my career thinking about myself, not just as a marketer, but also as a seller. Uh, and that's what really drove me to look for an opportunity like Yellow Dig was to go and then find a place to go close business. Right. So Yellow Dig, you were, you were early in, right? So you were like one of the first couple of employees that they hired. Um, you know, how, how, how did you, I mean, you've been successful in that role. I'm just curious, how did you sell yourself to make that transition from Curalate to Yellow Dig? 
you know, why did they take a shot on you? I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, how did you sell yourself to get that, that position? Yeah. I still ask my CEO that sometimes, (laughs) um, you know, I, again, I started to reflect on what I was passionate about and, and someone a long time ago in my career gave me advice that when thinking about your role, don't just think about like what the title is and, and, and what that necessarily means, but what are the things that you're going to be doing? What are you going to be impacted? And I felt for a very long time that Curalate um, was something that I would be passionate in forever. Um, as I learned, you know, there, there's a lot of nuance to the tech space. It's, you know, I think when a lot of people think tech, they think Facebook, they think Twitter. Um, and as technology has evolved in industries like education and healthcare, um, there's a lot of good that can be done. And I saw an opportunity um, thinking about my own MBA experience was really how I sort of sold myself in as someone that um, that Yellow Digs product would have truly impacted. And then, um, and I guess with some more context, that may make sense, but Yellow Dig powers community building within education. And I saw that as a niche that uh, needed to be filled as someone that was, you know, in an MBA program with people that were largely 10, 20 years older than me. Um, and I can go into more detail on that. Well, I was just going to say like the, the common thread I see here just in your path is agency work that has exposed you to large brands, uh, moved into Curalate, which was a startup community that leveraged your experience with those large brands, mm-hmm. put you in a position, a sales development rep where you're, 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 creating opportunities. Obviously you were, you were learning about the inbound uh, lead system and how that works. Uh, then realized, Hey, I can, I can maybe make a bigger impact if I was, you know, maybe a larger fish in a smaller pond, enter yellow dig still uh, SAS, right? So you had SAS with Curalate, you have SAS with yellow dig to some degree, just a different uh, industry. So it sounds like there was some common threads that you were pulling along there from your experiences that you may or may not have been aware of. Um, I guess if you had to kind of crystallize in your position right now, you know, the, the two most important skills you picked up along the way were what? It's a good question. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I think, um, comfort with failure, failing quickly. Um, you know, nobody necessarily teaches you that the best way to learn when you're in college is to fail. And I think, startups teach you that um, in a really raw way. And I think that that's a skill set that I've tried to apply in a lot of facets in my personal life, uh, but certainly in my professional life. Uh, And, um, you know, I think uh, there's a certain amount of um, like creative problem solving that you're exposed to much earlier in your career when you are um, big fish in a small pond. If I had gone to a much larger company I don't know that I would have learned how to fail as quickly as I perhaps have at Yellow Dig, um, nor I guess the the true capacity uh, to do things on my own. You know, I think um, I was naive in what I could accomplish, uh, but when when pressured, which uh, you know I, I I've only been in a startup, so I can't hmm. speak uh, from my own experience. But I think that that pressure has helped. Um, has helped me to push myself in ways that um, maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't have as early on in my career. 
I think those are great skills to address, but I, I love that that second one about if you didn't put yourself in a situation to have to be a creative problem solver, then things may have been too easy. And we know when we get outside our comfort zone, that's when we learn, that's when the magic happens. So uh, that might be a nice takeaway for everyone is like, you know, it's okay. if, if the job that you're interviewing for or the thinking about getting doesn't feel challenging, then don't take it, right? Because otherwise you won't be able to, and I'm assuming your time at Yellow Dig is, is probably when you compare it to maybe an agency role or another role is maybe uh, a one and a half X learning curve uh, because of all the, the challenges you had to solve for. So we think about career path again, agency, startup, startup, where's Tyler going to be in the next stage of his career? What What's next on your career path? Do you think it's going to be same startup? Is it going to be corporation? Too soon to tell? What are your thoughts? You know, I... I think about this often and um, I think what we've all experienced in the last nine months has especially made me reflect more on what my, what I need next in my career versus maybe what I want next in my career. Great point. Yep. Um, you know, I, I want to build my own business. Now that may not be the next thing that I do, but you know, I've often wrestled with uh, that, that exposure to the kind of economy of scale that you would at a Comcast or a Salesforce or a large, you know, uh, a larger tech company, and whether that's more important than just diving in headfirst into something, um, you know, even, you know, more, uh, you know, early stage than Yellow Dig, uh, and so we'll we'll have to, we'll have to see. Um, what exactly happens? But. Right. Well, I love, I love how you're asking yourself that question. What, are, what do I need versus what do I want in my career? Because uh, there may be some challenges that, that are missing. Maybe you, yeah. you're looking for more fulfillment. Definitely the ed tech space is very fulfilling because of the the, the lives you're changing with the, the yellow dig tool. Absolutely. So career path, you know, again, we got agency, startup, startups, sounds like a startup, ideally, maybe your own could be the next step for you. So uh, good summary on career path here with Tyler. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk more about uh, Tyler's career progression. Hey guys, just a couple quick updates from the marketing help. We've actually uh, been working on this new free membership experience um, for you marketers. Now, all you need to do, to do is go to the marketinghelp.co forward slash subscribe. So when you get there, you set up your free account. And in the free account, we've curated just all the necessary tools, resources that we believe you need to get started. Uh, plus, we've introduced a new marketers community experience that allows you to further engage with others that are maybe in the same journey that you are. But you get access to tons of free resources, uh, a more vibrant, active community that you can start exploring ASAP. And with the free membership, um, you're going to be able to access some of these marketing career and job search guidebooks, interviewing templates. Uh, we just released a couple of helpful walkthrough videos where we walk you through what you need to be creating for your marketer's resume and your marketer's LinkedIn profile, because there's a difference. And we give you the tips that you need to embrace so that your profiles and your resume will stand out from all those other candidates that are interviewing for the same job that you are. So in addition to all that stuff, you get access to our Career Insights newsletter, and you'll get immediate access and notification whenever we publish a future episode of the Marketing Careers podcast. So again, all you need to do, go free membership, set it up today at themarketinghelp.co forward slash subscribe. Now let's get uh, back to the episode. 
All right, and we're back here with Tyler talking more about his career journey. We learned a great deal about his career path. Now I want to talk about day in the life. Yeah. So Tyler, I guess I'm, I'm curious again, you know, interesting background. I think it'd be interesting for our audience to hear more about, you know, in your current position, what's the day in the life look like for somebody in a, and if I can classify your role as something that's equal, it's, it's parts business development, it's part inside sales, it's part outside sales. How would you, you know, kind of summarize your day in the life? Yeah, it, uh, I guess it depends on the day, but uh, um, I, your summary was was a good one. I'm overseeing our enterprise sales team, our inside sales team uh, that interfaces very closely with our marketing team. And um, lately, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about our, our 2021 goals and uh, the various buckets that the revenue can come from. And then trying to optimize our current team to be, um, you know, as, as efficient with their time and energy to reach that end goal. Um, so that looks a little different every day. There's a number of initiatives that I'm working on, but the average day uh, will typically start with, um, you know, looking through our sales pipeline, trying to identify some opportunities that, um, that have changed, that are moving, and, and to identify exactly how I might impact them, um, you know, and from there, then demos and and so forth. So, in in a given week, and I ask this question of a lot of our uh, our uh, guests is, when it comes to day in the life, how much of your time is spent on the business versus in the business? And for those who who never heard that before, on the business meaning more strategic? Where are we going to be in the next three months, six months? Uh, more operational, thinking about things you need to, you know, costs you need to cut, investments you need to make versus in the business, which is the demos, the one-on-ones, uh, maybe taking, yeah. you know, a tour of the new product. How would you how would you classify your given week, given day in, in that breakdown of on the business versus in the business? Yeah, lately it has been a lot more of uh, of on the business as we're shifting our business model away from what was traditionally more of a B two B model, mm-hmm. um, where we were selling directly to institutions. Now uh, to more of a B two C model, where we can support individual faculty. So, I like to use my Mondays and Fridays for a lot of that strategic time, and uh, try to schedule a lot of my one on ones with team members, um, whether it's my direct reports or the time that I'm spending with my higher ups in those times where, uh, you know, valuable prospecting is not necessarily happening, you know, 8am on a Friday, <laughs> um, keeping the team meetings and, uh, that kind of stuff more towards the, the latter half of the day so that I can spend more of the, the middle chunks of the day in the business, in my own pipeline, whether it's with clients that I manage, um, or helping to coach my team through various scenarios that they may be finding themselves in within their accounts. Got it. So I, I love the bookending your week with a little bit more strategic thinking, because as we know, if you don't have that, then next yep. thing you know, if you're, if you're 80% in the business, especially in your level of role, you run the risk of missing some, you know, having too many blind spots. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that way of you, that you're managing your time. Um, you know, when it comes to meetings, I guess everyone, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? It's kind of the necessary evil for really any position. 
Uh, how do you manage your meetings? It sounds like you have a little bit of a, of a protocol or a cadence to your team meetings, but how do you structure your meetings in a given week? Yeah, it's, if you'd asked me that prior to um, remote work, we, we had an office, several offices through like co-working, um, like a lot of startups do. And I, I didn't measure or recognize all of the in-between time and how that does then cut down on um, some of the time you spend brainstorming in meetings. So um, what I like to do is, uh, is schedule open-ended time with each of my direct reports where there's not so much an agenda that I'm prescribing, but allowing them to bring those things to me that then can help me to inform the strategic time I may spend in the next week. Um, but for those team meetings, trying to make sure there's a mix of reinforcing um, goals and um, thinking about quantitative, like how, how data oriented we can be, but then also leaving time in each of those meetings for pleasantries and so forth, given we are missing a lot of that without face-to-face time together. Right. Important. Yeah. We talked about that on, on a, uh, a prior episode about the, the, the things you need to do to have effective uh, remote uh, working relationships with your team. Yeah. Great that you pad in some of that, you know, just kind of non-work related uh, camaraderie, if you will. So uh, when you look at your weekly, daily, in the business, on the business, what would you say would be the number one, number two skills that you find yourself pulling from the most? Um, I don't know that I necessarily appreciated how much time I would need to spend looking at data and uh, really getting acclimated with data. And I try and, I try and let that then inform how I should spend my time. Um, so I think data orientation, especially early on in your career, I think too many, too many times I maybe took something that I was told we observed in, in a particular campaign um, and just kind of took it as, as, as was, as opposed to diving in more deeply. So I, I think that interest in the quantitative story is something that I'm calling upon even more so as we shift our business model a bit. Um, and something I'm trying to do more uh, is, is listen. Mm. I, I feel like I, in a lot of ways, I've, I've built the career in sales that I have because I like to talk and um, I enjoy telling stories and I enjoy, um, you know, it, bringing emotion from people through, through, through speaking, but um, listening is something I'm finding is, is far more powerful these days. So that, that, that's, that's what, one of my resolutions I would say for, for 2021 as well. Great point. And, and with the advent of that, that uh, virtual call, the zoom call where you can't guarantee that the person on the other side actually is going to use their video. Uh, yes. You need to focus extra hard because you can't see how they're communicating. You need to listen uh, extra hard. So you know, imagine the audience, you know, we've got tons of, of uh, new marketers, soon to be marketers, career changers, getting new to marketing. You know, what would you tell them if they were interested in pursuing, you know, a, a career, uh, a focus, a shift into a, you know, call it a, a sales oriented role, sales development, business development inside of a marketing team? You know, what's the advice you have for them when it comes to getting prepared, uh, you know, for what it entails. I mean, the, the data focus is definitely one tip, but 
you know, what's some other advice you can give to those looking to get into the, into your space? Yeah, I think, um, just especially in the last five to 10 years, the number of resources that are available, um, you know, whether it's certifications or credentials that, you know, you can find for free or, or, at, uh, you know, at low cost, um, taking an opportunity to start to even just pick up vocabulary, um, you know, following, you know, finding the top 10 influencers in that particular industry and, and just seeing the things that they're sharing. Um, you know, reading, I, I think is something that is not emphasized enough leading into, um, to a new role. I, I try and encourage anybody coming into yellow dig to spend as much time as possible. Just, just reading. Mm. Um, well, what's the, what's the, the book you swear by as it relates to, if you had, if, if someone who walked into this position on your team said, okay, Tyler, what book should I read? What do you tell? Um, I think you might have recommended it to me, in fact. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Traction by okay. uh, Gabriel Weinberg. Yeah. Um, I, I find it's applicable in so many in so many areas, um, from problem solving to you know pure marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, a great book. I mean, it's a great book, even though it's designed for that. I think it's 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 designed for startups to gain traction in their marketing channels. I agree. Uh, I mean, anybody who's looking to get into a marketing position. Uh, love the book, love what it teaches you from a framework standpoint. So it is kind of a secret weapon if you're ever looking to, you know, strategize on what else you could be doing to hit growth, no matter if you're a startup or you work for an enterprise. Um, yeah, I, I think even thinking about the framework that it recommends um, from a job search perspective, um, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're looking to penetrate a new market, what, what are the ways that you might get an introduction? Um, and, you know, I, I find it's a really, really um, powerful problem solving framework. Definitely. So I will definitely uh, share that in the show notes. Um, you know, your, your day to day, obviously, in your position, you're dealing with a lot of interaction, a lot of meetings, not just your internal team. But again, you, you close a sale, you're dealing with external um, leads, candidates, etc. How has it been interacting in your day to day with uh, other departments, specifically those that are controlling the marketing. And that might be part of what you do, might be somebody else, but, but how's that dynamic work, uh, in your day to day? Do you mean, um, interacting with my marketing team or marketing teams? Okay. Um, it's interesting as, um, a lot of startups, I find the marketing team, the marketing team is, is really just one person or a contractor and it's, it's kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's the CEO trying to, to bear it all. And, uh, in 2020 was our first real attempt at building out that organization. So that was a really, um, a really great learning experience. Uh, we're an industry that is somewhat traditional with regards to how, marketing is used a lot of trade shows traditionally. Um, so a lot of my marketing time was spent planning events, uh, that we would attend digital strategies weren't really at the forefront. And now, uh, fast forward six months, a lot of that time is analyzing the data at those, you know, handoff points, if you will, where Mm -hmm. marketing may be doing nurturing until a point when the inside sales team is, is interfacing. And thinking about those points and how we can 
optimize and, and, and convert at a higher rate is, is where I spend a lot of my time interfacing with the marketing team. Got it. Um, now, from your perspective, what is the, uh, what's the best skill or I should say profile of marketer that you work with inside uh, a company startup in a sales capacity? So if you could like, if you could design the perfect candidate for a marketing position that deals with a sales uh, team, what would you ask for? What would you look for? Um, probably not the first thing, but patience is one. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, curiosity. Yeah, good one. Um, a, a, a real passion for finding problems and thinking about them in new ways, which I know is sometimes hard to quantify. But um, you know, somebody that is is truly inquisitive. Yeah, I mean, that's those are great things to point out because the best. The best thing about that is that you won't know that until you interview the person uh, mm-hmm. or, or you don't know that until they can uh, show that to you in the process of networking or trying to get inside the organization. But, you know, something that I've seen, I, I swear by is, is, you know, the right organizations hire people. They don't hire paper. That's right. Because uh, I'm sure you've seen a ton of resumes that were that were great. But when you met the individuals, not as good as advertised. So um, those are great tips. Any... Um, so this has been this has been awesome. So the day in the life, we get a good insight into what it takes to be you know managing that sales business business development day to day. And it sounds like you have a couple of good processes in place. Uh, love the identification of those skills that you definitely need on a day to day basis. It sounds like a learning I'm taking away is you know don't overlook the importance of knowing how to analyze data, which I think anybody can can work on. Um, any, any recommendations, any parting recommendations you have for those considering uh, a career in, in, in your, in your craft, in your sweet spot? Um, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot, lot of what I've done, um, in my career has, has happened without, uh, without a ton of direct line planning where I'm going to do this and then this and then this. So I think getting out there and networking, truly networking. I think a lot of people think they're networking because they're on LinkedIn. Um, but, but reaching out to people that you don't know and, and really breaking that comfort zone, having conversations with people um, and doing so frequently, not just you know the, those couple of times a month, um, designing some of that into your everyday life so that you can evolve much more quickly. Love it. Great tips because it is kind of a compounding effect where you do a little bit every day and it, and it adds up when, you know, networking, especially as it relates to getting into specific companies or connecting with specific individuals. Great stuff. All right, Tyler, where can people find you or where and how can they connect with you if they want to learn more or uh, ask more questions to you? I would love to continue the conversation. So um, please find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's the LinkedIn URL and my, my first and last name, Tyler Rohrball. Uh, I'm on Twitter as, as I'm, I'm sure most folks are. Uh, my, my handle is Chronicles of Lure, which you, uh, <laughs> asked me another story that that'll show that you truly networked is, uh, is whether or not you've, you've listened and actually asked me about, uh, nice. <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, those are good starters. My 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 work email is Tyler at yellowdig.com. So if anyone would uh, like to continue the conversation one-to-one, would love to hear from you that way as well. Great stuff, Tyler. Appreciate your time here today. 
and uh, enjoy the the next couple of stops uh, with Yellow Dig and or as you continue on your career path. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric, for having me. I'm excited to share my story. We'll we'll see what's next. All right. All right. Big thanks to Tyler for joining me on this episode. A lot of great things he covered. Be curious, be patient when working with sales teams, getting outside your comfort zone. Such a great mindset to embrace as it relates to developing yourself. Uh, also, he talked about embracing failure as a way to learn and advance. Um, a lot of us need to do that a lot more often, I'm sure. Now, remember to check out the show notes for ways, links to connect with Tyler, learn more about him, what he's doing. Also, look out for some links to other great marketing career resources. And if you ever have any need, need help uh, with any aspect of your marketing career, do not hesitate to email us at connect at themarketinghelp.co. And would be great to hear your feedback. Uh, leave a review on your favorite podcast player wherever you're catching the latest episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Now, until the next episode, this is your host, Eric Harbison. And remember, today is a great day to start advancing your marketing career.